Hey kids, welcome to Come Rant With Me, a.k.a. Don't Leave Home Without Rant, a.k.a. A Little Rant'll Do Ya. And, uh, yeah, I'm your host, Matt Gorman. I'm here with my friend, co-host, producer, David Huey Heyman. That was a kiss. Ooh. Yeah, sexy. I'm feeling sexy. I don't feel angry. No. Sorry, it's man. Okay. I gotta leave I don't need, stuff it's up. It's okay. Here. We don't need anger. Just, just some passion. It's not about anger. It's about passion. I'm passionate. All right. Anyway, here's uh, the Welcome to Come Rant With Me. This is my podcast and where we rant about things in the world that piss us off. Little things, mundane things. Well, usually we rant about mundane things, but today is actually a little bit different. We have a little bit of a change to the format just for this one time. Um, it's a kind of long episode, so I'm going to get right into it. My guest today is my cousin. Aaron Goodwin and her husband Chris. They are cannabis activists. They were owner, part owners of Cannabis Culture in Toronto before it closed down, and they uh, have been arrested multiple times. And they have a lot to say about the cannabis state of cannabis in Canada. We had a really interesting conversation, and uh, I hope you're you like it. So check it out, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. So roll one up and burn one. Woo-hoo. You're listening to the Come Rant Podcast. Um, cool. Well, thanks for coming down. Uh, Aaron and Chris, tell us in one sentence who you are and what you do. Uh, I'm a cannabis activist. I most free, uh, most recently was arrested working with Cannabis Culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's three times this year arrested for Cannabis Culture, and I'm uh, in court almost every month for that. Nice. My name is uh, Chris Goodwin. I'm also a cannabis activist. Uh, I started Up in Smoke in Hamilton and Vapor Central here in Toronto. Uh, I organize 420 Toronto uh, every April the 20th at Young and Dundas Square. And recently I've been helping open cannabis culture franchises and getting arrested doing so. Yeah, and you've been arrested how many times? Have you lost Oh, I've been arrested 15 times in my life. Spent about 11 months in jail. Wow. uh, Over five convictions. Uh, yeah that's crazy um yeah so anyway today's uh show is going to be a little bit different than most because usually we try to keep it light and not anything too like political and just talk about mundane shit but uh this is important shit that i want to talk about and it's important to me and i know it's important to you guys and you have stuff to say about it so i figured i have this platform that however many people listen to whoever's listening thanks for listening and uh yeah i wanted to chat so but before we get into like the more serious shit let's do the regular old uh questions that i ask people just to like set the tone and uh have some fun so you guys there's two of you so you can each give your own answers peanut butter smooth or crunchy 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 yeah nice Definitive. everyone's crunchy i, I never imagined i feel like a little dreams. child yeah you're wrong. Wrong. <laughs> wrong um chicken wings wingies or drummies uh the flats the not wingies the yeah wings uh, wings, yeah. Oh, you're both wings. Wow. That's bad. You I need know. A couple I'm... that's one of my each people. So you can share. My people in the house. <laughs> yeah, they're better flavor catchers. You're all wider area. Not with the flavor catchers, <laughs> again, dude. I'm not getting into it. Um, what else? What else do we ask? I, what, I, what did I? Last time Huey got all pissed when I asked vase or vase. Vase. Huh. I, th- I think I use them interchangeably, but probably vase. That's me too. Vase <laughs> sounds wrong to me. Is that like the one I got angry people. about? What's that? Was you that were all like, what is up with you? I don't, I know. don't know. It'll be on this week's episode. That, or uh, <laughs> Danny episode. Go back and listen to yourself, Huey. Talk about it. Okay. Um, Justin. Tri- oh, I think I know the answer to this. But favorite Justin, Timberlake or Trudeau? Timberlake. Yeah, I have to agree. <laughs> 
Timberlake is he's so likable. Trudeau's <laughs> likable, but he's also got like all the bad things you don't like him. But Timberlake is like, hey, who doesn't like Timberlake? Right. Yeah. He's the man. Right. Um does Timberlake smoke weed? What? Timberlake? Yeah. He's never come been like vocal about it, but I would not be somewhere. He's got a party. Yeah. Timberlake, he seems like a pretty chill guy. I feel like he is. Yeah, but he's also well, like a I mean, clean somebody, everyone does guy. Something. I don't know. He doesn't feel like a hard drug guy. Brittany definitely smokes weed. They probably all do some sort of drugs, so I imagine he's just not, not everyone fucking... does drugs, man. Oh, some yeah. Some people, yeah. Who doesn't? Like, the, our kids don't do drugs yet. Yeah, not yeah. yet. Yeah. You'd be surprised with actors, they tend not to. Yeah. Um, like even like Tommy Chong said on the set of the 70s show that, you know, none of the actors at the time smoked weed. It was really? all the production crew, the guy holding the mic, oh, the, yeah. the guy holding the cameraman, but none of the actors. Really? It's a strange huh. phenomenon. Well, I, I guess as an actor, you wouldn't want to be like affected, affecting yeah. your performance. You want to be focused and also be able to like be like free and whatever. But like while they're working, they might not smoke, might not smoke weed, but that doesn't mean they don't like cut loose on the weekend. You know, most people drink and I get pissed off when people like normalize drinking it's like this normal thing everyone does but weed is this like weird fucking that's a whole other thing we'll get into you're a pothead <laughs> if you smoke weed but if you drink every day then you're just like a normal person but anyway but i, I bet you trudeau and timberlake are both like weekend people oh like, yeah they, they, you never see them high in public no but i you know i prefer like a seth rogan who will get high in any time of day yeah. any movie any scene yeah. probably and he like promotes it he's like turned on there was this whole thing with kevin smith like he introduced kevin smith to weed and kevin smith had smoked weed since like high school and then they were working on a movie together i don't remember which one and kevin smith uh like seth rogan introduced him to smoking weed in the edit room and kevin smith was like for now on i'm only editing high on weed because it changes everything and it makes everything so much funnier and makes it easier to like watch the same shit over and over but anyway weed man um coupon or coupon 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 god damn it huey I know. We gotta, we gotta get a count. We need a chalkboard up we're on the hicks. wall. We're because we're wrong. We're just we're <laughs> wrong. That's fine. I don't know why. Um, window or aisle on a plane? Huh. Window. Yeah. Window girl. Me too. Aisle. Yeah, you like aisle. I need to couple. like stretch my knees. Everyone says that, but there's no extra leg space in the but aisle. You can, like, I can How long till you can fly though somewhere? Okay, are you are you a flight? They have our passports right now. Damn, but so. you can fly within Canada still then, no, theoretically. No, we're confined oh, no. to Ontario. Oh, really? Our so. current bail conditions, yeah. Oh, really? I know a but guy that's only very a guy. We'll talk after. I <laughs> 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 got a few planes. Um, okay, a couple more, and then we can start talking for real. Um, oh, Aaron might be too young for this, but um, Beachcombers or Littlest Hobo? Littlest Hobo. Yeah. I watched that growing up. Oh, it's a great show. I'm too young. Too young? You didn't watch <laughs> either of those? No. Trying well, to I've heard of them. Classic. I'm with you. TV. I never watched either of them. No? no? Little House on the Prairie. Polka Dot Door, Mr. Dress Up. Those are both Canadian staples, too. Oh, that's a tough one. A yeah, tough I watched one. I'm going to go with Polka Dot Door. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Mr. Dress Up. I think I'm Mr. Dress Up too. I've never actually thought about it before. There was that whole controversy. Wasn't he accused of like hiding coke inside one of his dolls when he was traveling? And like, I think that was like an urban legend huh. in the 80s that he like sewed up a, like a brick of coke into Casey, <laughs> the puppet, and tried to cross the border with him or something. That's but that amazing. Makes me think he was cool. I like to believe that's true. Yeah, totally. Mr. Dress Up, that guy. <laughs> that I like them both, but I was cited on the fact that there's like a theme costume of. 
Tokaru. The Tokaru school. <laughs> so we know someone who dresses. And isn't he, wasn't he like also one of the guy who played po? I don't know. I don't know. Pokeru. Does he like leave and then like come back and be like, I miss Tokaru? Does he like do the whole thing or does he? he A little bit. Oh, I'd be awesome. chewing edibles all day if I was Tokaru. <laughs> if you got high enough, you could like confuse yourself to be like, was I? Did I see him? I don't know. That's Snuffleupagus oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Snuffleupagus. There's a P in there. Really? Snuffleupagus. That's a question you need to start asking. No, that's a I, thing. I don't, I don't know. Snuffleupagus? No, there's a P. There's a Snuffleupagus. S- pardon me? What? Snuffleupagus. <laughs> Snuffleupagus. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> what is Snuffleupagus? I thought it's Snuffleupagus. Well, that's a whole philosophical <laughs> question. Mr. Snuffleupagus, a fictional character on, on. There's a P in there, buddy. From their perspective. According to Google and Wikipedia. <laughs> Just the Mandela effect happening. <laughs> um, what else we got? Beach or pool? Pool. Yeah. Pool. Yeah, you both dig the pool. They both have their their good qualities and bad qualities. I like the beach. I like the ocean, the smell. I don't know. But I do Seaweed like drinking. I do like sitting at the bar in the pool drinking. That's the one thing you got going <laughs> for you. Yeah. Um, the Flintstones or the Jetsons? Flintstones. Yeah? Jetsons. Oh, yeah. Nice. Got some controversy. I feel like Flintstones has a lot bigger catalog. Jetsons, I feel like, was only like a season or two where Flintstones went on for a long time. Flintstones I don't know. had spinoffs and commercials. No, not spinoffs. I mean, the actual the show itself. Show. Well, they also made modern movies of it, so it like brought oh, it back. Yeah, but those were terrible. John Goodman, <laughs> Rick Moranis. Oh, that was so good. The first one? I don't know. I feel like the second was one was actually TV. better. The second one was Viva Rock Vegas, and that had what one of the Baldwin brothers in it. Danny Baldwin? Yeah, as Barney. And it, But I feel like it actually was better. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm just talking shit. Um, <laughs> um, piercings or tattoos? Tattoos. Tattoos. Yeah. You like the permanency? Or just the ability to be more artistic <laughs> with your shit? I, I guess I like them both, but then yeah, tattoos are more expressive, and yeah. then once they heal, they're like permanent. Yeah. Piercings can sometimes cause issues. Yeah. I was always in like wrestling growing up, and piercings is, are bad for yeah. oh, for having that kind of sport. Yeah. yeah, tattoos are. I wish I could have a tattoo. I've never. I don't. I can't dedicate myself enough to. Well, I got a whole something. sleeve of like weed and. Oh, do you? You have a bunch too. You, I'm the only one here with no tattoos. I do I've never my arms felt so connected I can chop enough. Them off after I die. I was gonna get my son's name or my kids' names and birthdays somewhere, but that just seems kind of cheesy. Yeah. I've just never it had does. anything. That I was <laughs> yeah, like, just kids' <laughs> names. On okay. But if that, was, I'm just saying, if that's your only tattoo, it's one thing if you have a bunch of tattoos, and then I totally get having it. But to have my only tattoo to be my son's name on my like arm, I don't know, seems a bit. Like, I don't know, just weird. Oh, you'll see that once it you is. get one, it gets yeah, your brain going. I know. Yeah. That's why I can't do it. That's why. So same with, like, ecstasy. I've had a lot of people try to tell me to take ecstasy, specifically my brothers. Well, one's and a drug and one's a permanent No, but it's the same thing with, like, I know I would like it and I would want to keep doing it, and that's why I don't do it. Not because I don't think I would like it. Yeah. Same with, like, tattoos. I'm pretty sure I would like it and I would want to keep getting more and more, and then it might become a problem. You'd be like, with ecstasy, if I went, If I did it once at a concert and loved it, then I'd want to, every concert I went to, I'd like to do it which i know a lot of people do and i don't i don't need that apples and oranges apples and oranges yeah okay aaron chris apples or oranges apples all the way apples oh yeah you don't like the peeling process i don't i don't like orange like i don't like orange juice 
And I have a tattoo of an apple. <laughs> Full circle. I Green or red? Mm, green. Oh, yeah. That's your tattoo or your preference in life or both? Both. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't like the reds. I don't know. I feel like a, in your brain, apples are red, but I just don't. I don't like the reds. Huey seems intrigued by the apple tattoo. Well, I'm, yeah. Not I, Apple the brand, right? It's like an apple. Oh, that tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> that was a, my question. Uh, was that your question? Yeah, is it the apple? Yeah, it's like, an apple. It's, it's not a green apple. apple brand. It's a green apple. With like a bite. I was worried. There's no way they're getting I, like an apple. No. She's no way she's getting an apple tattoo. Like the brand apple. I'm not worried. You're like my weed hero. And like if you had an apple tattoo. Because <laughs> like, no. we're both Android guys no, no, no. and PC guys. No. So fuck Apple. Hashtag fuck Apple. It'd be off brand. Yeah. Um, ba, ba, ba. Let's see. Malt or white vinegar? White. Oh, man. I don't like vinegar. Oh, okay. That's cool. You I'm can, with him. You can go that way. Yeah, you don't like vinegar. I've heard the story before. Hey, man. Okay. Go back. I know. New York or LA? Well, although you can't go to either right New now. New York. But. I'm in New York. <laughs> uh, yeah, New York. Yeah, me too. LA is it's, its own thing. My hair, know. my hair gets like. Oh yeah. It's hard in the heat. I like the big city, the subway, getting around. Like it seems yeah. like you go to LA, you have to like drive a yeah. half hour anywhere, and yeah. I'm not that type of person. I like the. I've said it before. I think maybe on the podcast, it's easy to like LA when you're there because it's palm trees and the weather's nice and whatever. But like just, like it's hard to like dislike it. But New York's just the energy is so awesome when you're there, and it's like yeah, I love the subway like when we lived there for the year i thought i would hate traveling by subway but once you get used to it and then it's like you just let everything else go you have no control you just kind of have to go and wait for the subway whenever the subway gets there that's where you go and it's not like hustle and bustle like driving places that i get all fucking worked up with driving so <laughs> um okay maybe two more let's try damon or affleck damon yeah he's the same yeah both damon, damon. Yeah. Damon makes some shitty movies, but in in life, I feel like he's a good guy. He's I could see. But I think Ben cool. Affleck makes worse movies and is a worse actor. He's a worse actor. Damon makes some good movies, but then he like then he makes like We Bought a Zoo, and you're just like, why? And I get it because Cameron Crowe. No, Cameron Crowe directed it, so I feel like you might have been like That's Cameron Crowe. He's smart, and I like him his movies, so I'll make a movie with him. But that was a terrible movie. Cameron Crowe's got to get paid too. Yeah, but Damon Damon I think would be cool to like you could hang out with him. Where Affleck seems like pretty full of himself. Anyway, um, I'm just totally making shit up about people I've never met and will never know. But that's uh, that's the deal. When you have your own podcast, you can say whatever the fuck you want, right, Huey? You have two podcasts. You get to say whatever you want on. No, this is your podcast. Yeah, man. but you're here. I'm here. Yeah, I'll always be here. Um, well, I need a good one to end on. I Listen don't... to the music supercast. What? Yeah. What? I have to listen to hey, this Hey, you were week's. shouted out big time this week. I haven't week. listened yet. I big will. Big time. Mad respect for your Ed's Record World days. Oh, nice. Cool. I and the movie section that you curated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we discussed how important that was. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was important. Remember when they used to have video stores and there were staff picks? Absolutely. It was great, dude. right? It's that kind of curation that's now important. Now you go online and you fucking skim through for a year. Now like it's an algorithm based on what you've watched, which yeah. isn't as helpful. I'd rather have a guy like you. Yeah. And actually, that's what... I'd rather pay more money to go to a weed store because I like the curation. Yeah, me too. I like that. Okay, last process. one. Sativa yeah, or we'll indica? Get into that. <laughs> indica. Indica? Oh, yeah. I mix it up, but yeah. I, like, I usually go for indica. Oh, yeah. Cool. Sativa um, all the way. 
Sativa? Yeah, I prefer. I like both. They're for different reasons, but yeah, I usually prefer Sativa. Yeah. But anyway, it doesn't matter. There's a debate about whether those categories are even accurate. Yeah. Well, different you read strains the des- affect in different ways. Like, yeah, everyone's affect. Like, you, I read the descriptions of the strains and stuff when I'm, like, buying, and sometimes they're accurate mm-hmm. of, like, how they affect you, and sometimes they're totally not at all, and I, everyone's body chemistry Placebo is different, Placebo effect as well. Like, yeah. just that little rhyme that it's in the couch, indica, and, yeah. like, you know. I never that knew that thing, before. That Dude, was in I my head all the time right so when yeah. i have indica i blame being tired for that yeah and then i'll just go with it <laughs> see that's the thing me and Heyman have talked about this before it's like we've both smoked weed for since high school like for 20 years but it, only recently like with this whole wave of shops opening up and whatever did i become a lot more like aware of indica versus sativa the different strains like all the all the all those things before it was just like whatever the guy had that showed up at your door was what you bought from him and sometimes he was like oh i've got these two different you know i've got northern lights or i've got whatever and i was like i don't fucking know the difference is which one's better give it to me and it was only until in the last couple years where i've actually started doing a lot more research and learning about kind of like what i like what i don't like about the different strains and just like the differences between them and i just find it really interesting that even being someone who is like i don't know i could been smoking weed for a long time i've only started to really learn about it more recently which i remember northern lights and old man and like yeah i remember the names i went to Amsterdam in the in the early 2000s and like saw went into a shop and saw all the different strains I just wasn't as aware of it as I am now you know well there wasn't any other real strains like it was all indicas right oh yeah and it's only because of the length of the growing season like through the 80s and 90s nobody cared to grow anything that would take longer than six or eight weeks right and sativas traditionally take 10 12 14 weeks and nobody puts in that kind of time right and so it just didn't exist yeah um with modern choices now everyone has to get be accommodated and everything's a hybrid and yeah yeah but uh we we all used to only ever get indica from our dealers oh really that's it it's only Hmm. yeah hmm and it's only been the last year or so in Toronto that dispensaries have opened and people are seeing menus and options. Yeah. The medical dispensaries have been around, but right. to the general public. Yeah. It's exciting for everyone. Yeah, and I think it is. Like, there are a lot of people out there like me who are, like, have been doing it for a long time but weren't super, like, educated about it. And what happened? Why all of a sudden? I mean, if it's still illegal, how did all this happen? How come all of a sudden I have this awesome well, That's one of the reasons we're on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's a big historical question. Like, it's, uh, you know, civil disobedience goes back a long way. And uh, Mark Emery started doing something special in the early 90s. He, he in the late 80s, he left Canada. He had a, a London bookstore and he was fighting Sunday shopping and censorship. And mm-hmm. so he fought huh. all these, got arrested so many times and he felt disenfranchised and he left Canada for two or three years. And while he was in, like, Indonesia, he picked up an Indonesian newspaper that said something along the effect of the most marijuana smokers by population live in this small area of the lower mainland in British Columbia. And he went, he said to his wife and kids, we're moving to B.C. And he got on a plane a week later and was in the lower mainland, and he started uh, importing High Times magazine. So Mark Henry started this you know, cannabis culture thing in, in, in Vancouver. Is that the early nineties you're saying? Yeah. We're talking in 92 to 94 era. He was going door to door selling a thing called the marijuana and hemp newsletter that he wrote and created. And then he was also importing high times and trying to sell those. And after about six months of that, he opened a place called hemp BC and that place ran for four or five years until it got shut down and he had bail conditions forbidding him from the entire downtown Vancouver. Hmm. And a year later when they ended, he opened the BC marijuana party and met Michelle Rainey and start. And then 
he went to one of the first uh, high times cannabis cups. It was around 98, 99. In Amsterdam? In Amsterdam. And he saw uh, Ben Dronkers there give a keynote address. And he was one of the big seed sellers in Amsterdam at the time, still is. And from that meeting, he flew back to Canada and thought, I know how to start a revolution. I'm going to import seeds from all over the world, mainly Amsterdam, and uh, sell them in these catalogs mm. and and use all the money to, to overgrow the government, to, to, for civil disobedience, to break the law and do it openly. And, mm. and that's what he did. So He gave to a lot of American campaigns that are now legal states. Right. right. So the original, like, uh, you know, the... Uh, I forget what it was called now, like I-502 or whatever in Washington and mm-hmm. the one in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, he funded those games, like literally fifty dollars to $100,000. He sent down and started the original normal in, 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 mm. in the United States and, mm-hmm. and a couple other big organizations that basically you like in Canada, we don't have ballot initiatives. So they followed a bit of a different path in the United States and mm-hmm. California and mm-hmm. Colorado where... Uh, they got something on the ballot and the right. citizens voted. We, citizens decided, yeah. Right. In Canada, Mark faced a, a, a different path where it, it, it's, it was all for him about normalization. So mm-hmm. openly defying the law in such a way that, all, all, like your question asked, it's still illegal, but how do we get away with this? Well, from his perspective, early on, you couldn't even sell a High Times magazine in Canada. Mm-hmm. The law, and it still does say in the law that any literature about drug use is considered illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as wow. in, instruments for illicit drug use are also right. illegal, like which is what paraphernalia. Right. Like a pipe is considered paraphernalia under right. the law. How long has that been around? Because pipes and stuff are sold at every convenience. Well, we so used to have an old law called the Narcotics Control Act, and it was like 20 pages, and people were getting off for years. It was around the 30s and 40s mm-hmm. that that started and eventually got updated in the 50s and 60s. But around the late 80s, the early 90s, we went from the nar- old Narcotics Control Act to this new 1,000-page Controlled Drugs and Substances Act. Mm. So that basically tightened up all the laws. And that's why all through the 90s, the, the arrest rates... Like, I was born in 79. There was only about 500 people arrested for a marijuana offense in 79. Mm. But by the time I was old enough to smoke pot... In Canada or in the States or both? In Canada. Okay, yeah. By the time I was old enough to smoke pot, we're talking mid-90s, 95, there was already 50,000, 60,000 Canadians arrested. And now there's 100,000 Canadians arrested every year. So that Controlled Drugs and Substances Act really changed everything. Like, um, it added all sorts of new search and seizure powers. Right. It, it outlawed bongs and, and, and pipes and paraphernalia and, and books, High Times Magazine, Grow Books, hmm. um, were illegal in Canada. We're being seized at the border. We're, uh, people were being charged with having them. So Mark defied these laws. He mm-hmm. illegally imported High Times and Grow Books. And, and when sold- did you meet Mark? So I heard about Mark Emery in around 99, 2000. He okay. had his magazine at the time was called Cannabis Canada. The internet was kind of still, you know, beta kind of. Were you at yeah. university then? Because I remember learning about him around the same time. We're born around, we're around the same age, and I learned about him in, like, second year university at yeah. York. Yeah. I was in Mohawk College, I believe, when I first heard about Mark Emery. Right on. Mm-hmm. About a year or two before Did that. Did he tour? Like... 
Did he tour? Uh, I know he did speak at He did do a university tour, I think, in 2001. Hmm. And then uh, in 2003, we had a thing called the summer legalization. Something strange happened where a medical marijuana patient argued that because there is no valid medical marijuana law, therefore the law is not valid. Hmm. And it won. And a judge at a a high court agreed to this. And from September, from February 2003 till October, there was no possession law. Canada hmm. like 40 something thousand cases got thrown out people were still being charged with possession but so Mark Emery went on a cross Canada tour smoking in front of every police station he could <laughs> so he went province to province and city to city and about 30 cities across Canada and but I had heard about him about three or four years before so I had already so I started doing some stuff online I did a thing called the Hemp Awareness Seminar at Mohawk College mm-hmm. and, and by putting that online that was one of the first things Mark wrote to me on the forums cool. and said I see what you're doing you're doing great work here's some advice do this this and this mm-hmm. and I was like oh my god the owner of Cannabis Cult Mark Emery's writing me personally Right. and so we over the a few years we built a friendship and and uh and then so i did my first 420 smoke out he said stop doing these intellectual talks about hemp and about (laughs) medicine and and all that's true Mm -hmm. but you're not getting a big enough audience and that's actually one of the questions i had which is that i was trying to get on chml news in hamilton i was trying to get in the hamilton spectator I, Mm -hmm. i was trying to get anybody to listen to me and uh and nobody was really like by I, watering down the message. Well, or not watering it down, but excluding. Well, not being in your face about it, like smoking a joint in front of a police station, yeah, that'll get yeah. some attention. You know, whether even if it's just getting you arrested or whatever, like well, doing I mean, something sort of masquerading more. it as all for medical. Purposes. Well, even more, even masquerading as intellectual. Like I, yeah. I was a part of the NDP at the time. Sure. The MP for Hamilton Mount, Chris Charlton, agreed to come to some talk I did. I got, so I, I did some pretty cool stuff, but not many people. I, like one of my big things is that I rented a 200 seat theater and yeah. at the Hemp Awareness, and like 30 people showed up. Hmm. But the Spectator was there. I got a little blurb in the paper, like yeah. a small one at best. And and the MP was there, and and uh, we did it again six months later. At, um, at at the Hamilton Public Library, and again, a dozen people showed up. Right. It was the next year, April twentieth, and around that same time period, Mark convinced me to stop doing this type of activism and start doing civil disobedience, openly mm-hmm. break the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not about breaking the law for as the ends. The ends are that you'll build a repertoire. You'll you'll finally get your message out there. You'll finally get dialogue and and you'll normalize something that seems taboo right now where a year after you do it it'll become normal it'll seem normal. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. I mean six friends got arrested but the big thing that that changed my life is that I showed up at Gore Park and in, in excuse me, in downtown Hamilton, Mm -hmm. and I thought no one was going to show up. I thought, like, I went around and put up posters for a month saying I was going to, you know, smoke marijuana in downtown Hamilton, and and I get there, and there are film crews, there are police cars, there are, people are asking, who's the organizer of this event? I only got there about 20 minutes early, and, and we get set up, I have a flag, I give my presentation to the media, and I light up a joint, and cops come over, Grab me, Mr. Goodwin. You're under arrest for cannabis possession. Take me away. And friends of mine start 
lighting up joints and people grab me and hug power. Uh, there's a thing that David Malmo Levine recommends. It never worked. They just dragged us. <laughs> they've they've <laughs> the had it work in BC. They've what, had hug, it work, what, and I've had power? it work in the past. Where enough power, people yeah. hug and uh, can get someone unarrested. Oh, yeah. Wow. If, if it's and really, you have to hug the person, not the cop. <laughs> right. right. Just to get this clear for podcast <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Do not hug the police officer. Right. And, and, and you don't use violence against their their violence. Like, if they try and drag you off, you just you hold on, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, six of us ended up getting arrested that day. And uh, the next year I did it again. Uh, I ended up not even getting convicted for that. That uh, uh, arrest uh, got dismissed. Uh, and then I did 420 the next year, and this time 500 people showed up. Mm. It lasted four or five hours. Oh, wow. Nobody got arrested. Cops watched from the outskirts, only came to talk to me about safety, mm-hmm. that people don't go onto the street. Right. So um, is it a gray area? When I look at that stuff, I'm like, oh, these people are playing a gray area, and the cops turn blind. Or is it black and white illegal? Oh, it's black and white illegal. Okay. But the, um, there have been, like, some of the compassion clubs... Mm-hmm. Or, or dispensaries, medical dispensaries, you call them, have won in court that they have the right to distribute. Right. But the dispensaries that are open Public now Public smoking are and distribution all, are two different things. Though. But the dispensaries and compassion clubs, like, all around the city that open, including Kennedy's Culture, which is now closed, but, like, those all were basically because of Trudeau announcing that they were going to legalize weed, right? That was like... No, the, what Aaron's talking about is that 15 years ago, yeah, yeah. there's one or two cases in, in right, Victoria right. and Vancouver and one yeah. or two here in Toronto mm-hmm. that have been here for 15 years. Right. They still exist. The Toronto mm-hmm. Compassion Centre right. uh, in Vancouver. It's the VICS, Vic, Va- Victoria, Vancouver Island Compassion Society. Right. And the people that run both of those, uh, Hillary Black in Victoria and, and, and uh, you know some of the people here in Toronto, mm-hmm. ha- have a long long-standing tradition they got raided 15 years ago had court challenges that won hmm. that 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 like uh legalized their their you know existence right uh as long as they do it under these very strict guidelines that that the doctor signs specifically for you know paperwork for that compassion club mm-hmm. uh that that it's run as a like nobody owns it it's owned by the patients it's non-for-profit it's registered as a as, as a you know a charity in that way mm-hmm. so uh, even though they were raided 15 years ago, they, they've been allowed to exist for the last 15 years and because it's right. very hard to join. Uh, there is, it's not a profit motive. Right. There's been a whole bunch of things. So, and they, it's a necessity. So there are, there've been a handful in Toronto over the last decade, but in Vancouver, it's been growing and flourishing. They've actually started to license in their city. So there's actual li- licensed dispensaries in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's always been a, some kind of competition between the activists in Toronto and right. Vancouver back and forth that like we want to do it as big like we think our city deserves right. it even more so than vancouver with our population but right. it seemed to me that more recently like once trudeau announced that they were planning on legalizing it at some point in the future at that point he hadn't like set a date or anything like that that at that point people jumped on it and from what i could tell During all of elections. a sudden shops started opening up all over the city yeah. that i had right. never seen before i wasn't aware of the compassion club before that which right. like i'm sure if i had done it well that's what helped create the explosion for sure like, right and well, then everyone started popping up right and then right. Once one person did it and saw that they were getting away with it, even if they were getting raided or whatever, that they were opening back up. And then I guess a bunch of people tried to jump on and take advantage while they could and still an ongoing. Obviously, there's I don't know. I know the cannabis cultures have closed down, but but it was no different early on. Like going back to a little bit to where I was at, like it was 
after having that second 420 and getting away with it, I decided six months later to open up a, a bring your own bud shop. Right. And then a, a week into it, we started like selling product. We just started dealing mm. and it got raided five days later mm. uh, and it got shut down. And and someone, someone Chris has mentored, our friend Pete Melanson, who's mm. my co-accused, mm. um, opened a shop in Toronto. He did it in Hamilton first and we and Chris helped him come up with the concept of Dab Bar where part of the Vapor Lounge, you're able to go and buy a single hit. Like you can right. go up to a bar. Right. Right. a dab tender and they'll mm-hmm. give you a hit That's nice. and so that got very popular in Hamilton and he moved it to Toronto and from that he expanded just having a recreational dispensary it was like at Broadview Danforth mm-hmm. and it was crazy popular for like three months in the summer last year mm-hmm. until he got raided right uh, so that was even before Trudeau got elected that's right. awesome that is the one place where someone might have been in the middle of the hit when they got raided <laughs> the dab <laughs> bar right <laughs> 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 but everyone, like a lot of people are trying to know about uh, Kensington Market, the Rotorama yeah. Hotbox Cafe, Hot right? Hotbox Cafe, but they never sold weed, did they? they right. Were, it was just like a lounge somewhere to like bring right. your own. Is there a comedy bar as well? Comedy? Has... Oh, there's a couple of comedy bars. That, but it's the same. They don't sell weed. Well, you that's what we opened, there. right? Up and Smoke in Hamilton right. and Hotbox in Kensington here in Toronto opened uh-huh. in the same time, same oh, yeah. year. Mm-hmm. So like after I got raided a year later, I opened up and Smoke. Abby opened the Hotbox. And, mm-hmm. and that was all still like all, these lounges started opening all across Canada too right. so around from 2003 to 2008 like Vapor Central opened right. and then Village Vapor Lounge and all these vapor lounges yeah. and, and bring your own bud shops and some of them sell edibles at first or tried right. to get away with that like yeah, Kendra yeah. Cafe was raided in, o- in the end of 08 mm-hmm. for selling their milkshakes oh, really? and really? Vapor Central used to sell brownies like a lot mm-hmm. and stopped right. at that when after Kindred was raided oh yeah um, mm-hmm. so vapor lounges used to be on that risky area where the staff were in jeopardy of being arrested and right. now that's been normalized and accepted socially that yeah bring your own clubs but when we opened goodweeds yeah. last january it was yeah. like three months after trudeau had been elected we were under the impression that raids weren't going to occur that they were just going to let us right slowly enter the market yeah um, that's what i thought was happening the totally. consensus was that vice interview maybe led to your arrest because it was kind of rubbing mm. it in people's faces like i'm gonna go on the we internet rub it in that's yeah, the i know idea. i'm not saying you don't right. but it seemed to me like you were kind of getting away with it and then you did the vice interview and that like you were on the internet saying we're selling Gabs here, and then almost immediately the raid happened. Like, was it a couple days after that vice well, interview? Well, no, no, it was. It was, it was like almost a week two, later. Oh, was it so two weeks later? A okay. week and a yeah. half, maybe. So, yeah, things get muddled. But, yeah. but our business, but the business going on vice, like business. Quadru- Boomed. Yeah, 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 it was popular. So right. that also got the attention of people in the neighborhood. Right. And then in a bad way. it's, a, it's a somewhat of a residential In theory, area. they claim that it had nothing to do with the Vice interview, that mm. across the street was an MPP's office, and he got a complaint, an official complaint by letter, saying that there's criminal activity, and he had to forward that to the police, is right. what his comment on the subject is. Uh-huh. And that's what started it. And right. had, you know. Yeah. But our position is that it's better to be arrested out in the open with everyone watching yeah. than, than alone and yeah you know totally i'm not saying obviously you you know going like you're both activists and you know you probably knew that that would lead See, here's the thing there was possibly a, lead you getting a couple arrested, medical like, dispensaries you don't care, right we were right. the only ones except for the melon heads that went mm-hmm. recreational that right. just allowed it to be sold to anybody if right. you were over 18 yeah and even though we got raided a lot of other places went recreational right um it, you know there's Push the envelope that's yeah. the big change that's the big shift 
It's huge. Because I don't want to go yeah, in there Yeah, but to me, medical, some of these places are like medical. They call it medical, and then you give us 25 bucks, and you go into a back room and go on an iPad and talk to a doctor, and you tell them you have a backache, and then they that. sign a note for you. Like, to me, that's not medical either. Yeah, that's but I like, don't need that. They're that's trying like to protect bullshit. themselves. But yeah, but it's, it's like a bullshit I kind of like... I, I don't know. I don't like that. It should... Like the original Compassion Clubs, they mm-hmm. were thinking that that was how they... The protection. Yeah. That was protective. Right. Yeah, I went in somewhere right, but that was like, also, what's wrong with you tell us what's wrong with you so that they can have it in their records so that i'm assuming that meant if and when they got raided they could be look look everyone we sold to had something wrong with them that could be treated that's by what GBT. they thought so they were but like it made well, no difference whatsoever. no why would it it's still illegal like for them to do it so right. but i understand there and so when i did that it. i didn't go as much Right, you know, like I had a I had a, a temporary card at a couple places. Right, and I had it with a guy who was here, and we were mm-hmm. like, "Does it is it still valid? Has it been three days?" We're like looking at a calendar. We're like, "Oh, we haven't brought this doctor's note we were supposed to yeah, bring." Yeah. It's it's changed. I, I think in the last six months, like, yeah, everything is just well. There's no yeah. Well, you know, the thing that I I read an article recently. I think it might have been on the cannabis culture like Facebook page or something. But I or maybe it was one of you guys quoted in it. I can't remember. But it was talking about how meta basically all cannabis is medical whether you know it or not like whether you think it is or not like you're taking it for a reason which is whether it's to calm you down or to give you energy or to make you creative or to give you an appetite or whatever it might be like you're using it for a reason and therefore it it does have medical purposes even if a doctor hasn't told you to use it for that but i guess the same could be said of alcohol and then it kind of goes out the window if you're calling alcohol medicine. hey people used to have to get you know uh, the same thing happened with alcohol for the yeah. first 10 years after prohibition right you had to actually get a prescription for it really yeah oh, it was I strange. Know that. did we have prohibition in canada yeah ours period? was called the temperance act okay but it was at the same time period and everything well ours was a lot longer too but oh, yeah really? huh hmm. yeah and we actually made cannabis illegal for the first country in the world and 15 years before the u.s really most people think of the 1937 because of the there's a bunch of documentaries about the U.S. war on drugs, but Canada outlawed in 1923, hmm. and it was the same racist reasons. There was this lady named Emily Murphy who went by the pen name Janie Canuck, and she wrote from a Claims magazine hmm. this article that ended up becoming a book, but small little articles called The Black Candle, and she argued eugenics and, and all sorts of things about Asians and the opium they were using wow. and, and about Mexicans and the, the cannabis they were using and how... Um, you know, that she, she believed in like white supremacy and nationalism and stuff. And it, it's crazy because she's on our $50 bill. She was one of the first women to become like a judge and whatever. And there's a statue of her in Edmonton that keeps getting paint on it from cannabis activists because hmm. <laughs> she was, you know, but, uh, yeah, like it, it was weird at the, you know, the, the reason original drugs like opium and cannabis and other things became illegal at the turn of the century. And right. Most of it had nothing to do with science, that right. they do anything harmful, Yeah. more so than anything else. It, it, it's that if you want to control a group of people, control what they put in their body. And, right. And we use these certain type of drugs, like tobacco and alcohol, but they, over there, use these other kinds of drugs that right. we're not familiar with, like opium right, right. and cannabis. And It's all weird, and it makes you feel weird, different than what we feel when we use our drugs. So, right. The best um, is, oh, I love, I saw an American... Um, politician recently basically arguing for opioids like basically saying there's no reason to smoke weed because anything that weed can do you can get from like you know 
opioids and there's like this giant like controversy of like people this huge the most addictive thing of in the like the thing that most Americans are addicted to like the mo- more Americans are addicted to opioids than any f- cigarettes or alcohol. I saw that in the study. That could to be sugar, bullshit. And that's a big problem. But it's like that'll kill them faster. Than anything. What sugar? Yeah. No, but but opioids are addictive. Sugar's not addictive. Like you get on oh, yeah. oxy. Oh, yes, it is. oh What's fuck that? yeah. Sugar. I'm, I'm getting sure. off sugar right now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but sugar. I, I feel the effect. Yeah. I for guess real, it can man. Give you diabetes, and that can lead to yeah. bad things. I thought I had diabetes for a weekend. <laughs> I did. Turns out it's brain cancer. What? Yeah, I lost vision quickly in my eye, so they thought it was like diabetic, but it would happen in both eyes. I think you did too many. So if it's one eye, it's just probably something pushing. Strangely enough, though, we do have an opium shortage around the world. There there are a lot of human beings in pain for various reasons that only something like opium would be able to help mitigate. Even cannabis doesn't help all pain so yeah yeah. um but traditionally for thousands of years humans use things like cocaine and opium Mm -hmm. in in their very mild forms Mm -hmm. in in opium-based teas and in coca like having the leaves in a very mild sense was used most ritually almost Mm -hmm. in, in um modern day like the way we you know uh purify it down to you know heroin and cocaine it's all based on prohibition that wouldn't exist outside of prohibiting it right uh even modern day shatter and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like there'd almost be no reason for it had they not gone so hard on 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 cannabis that there would have been no reason to to figure out a way breed it for the super high thc and yeah. then there and, and make super high Absolutely. you know concentrates i still think eventually it probably would have come around to that because if only stoners because stoners people. like to invent ways <laughs> yes. to do shit like buckets you know like whoever yeah. made the fuck who made up buckets <laughs> buckets were the best yeah buckets are amazing but it's like that's like a super low low tech version of like coming up with shatter the person who thought like hey i wonder what would happen if we fucking come you know like someone who's actually a scientist and understood the chemical breakdown of shit right. that was like if we do this and then remove this chemical it'll create this i invented I goldfish buckets with goldfish yeah, in yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Uh, and what happens to the goldfish they die well i don't know I don't, no 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 they lived because then we put it in the beer bong and swallowed it <laughs> <laughs> do you remember buckets in high school oh my god yeah, yeah. i had some parties with some serious buckets happening in my bathroom yeah hope my mom's can we shout out people right now <laughs> shout out my mom's bathtub in thornhill um <laughs> um okay so let's talk about the current state of things what do you guys think of uh the laws that were recently or i know right now it's basically like it was pretty broad and it was like we're gonna let provinces make a lot of decisions but main thoughts on kind of what what the liberal government announced their recommendations yeah. um the, i think they're favorable a lot of people are nitpicking certain things about mm. the plant limit mm-hmm. or the driving under the influence yeah. so people are getting upset about those minor minor things mm-hmm. you know i'm just excited for the legalization and then right. we all knew that it was going to be a, pro- a provincial thing that each province is going to have to make up yeah and even it might even get municipal and stuff like oh really it's hard to say well yeah certain cities might say we don't want like you know cannabis bars in our town right you know they, they, can... they might not be able to stop the weed store because right. that's actually one of the benefits before this all started uh a bunch of prominent activists like Dana Larson and others were saying that, 
you know, our federalist type system would mean that if they do move, like in British Columbia, where he's from, there are something like 800, I don't know how many, but it's like the CBC, right? It's normally, uh, as much as I'm a capitalist, normally you wouldn't invest in a place that like radio signals or anything else wouldn't make money. Right. But the government does. The government's going to put a liquor store up in North, whatever, even though 50 people live there. They right. have to. Yeah. They, they mix it, though, with a convenience store and the whatever, and right. they don't work, They make an exemption for the law for that. Mm-hmm. But it exists up there. They pay mm-hmm. for it, mm-hmm. uh, even if it loses money. Um, so that actually is the benefit of cannabis being kind of taken over by the government that it'll go everywhere now and it has yeah. to yeah, yeah. And, and most modern cities though going along to my analogy is that uh, have like a thousand liquor licenses right even though there's only eight beer stores in town right yeah, but yeah. all the bars can still buy beer from the beer right. store yeah, yeah. so it, the same thing's gonna happen with cannabis there might be eight weed stores in your city but your city might also allow a thousand vapor lounges right uh, that can also sell smaller amounts of mm-hmm. some sort, something mm-hmm. like the way they do right now with six packs at the liquor store. Or, right. Um, mm. So. Yeah, that's weird because there is that. I think even in Colorado, they don't, well, I guess they, I don't know if they have lounges. Like I haven't been, but my brother went last year to Denver and he basically told me it's like they have shops similar to the what's what we ha- have had here, like jars on counters with bud in them. Like as opposed to in California where it's like really branded, it's like a supermarket. You walk in, everything has barcodes on it and it's all branded. That Colorado is more like here, a jar, a bunch of different jars with a bunch of strains in it and they weigh it out on a scale for you, but they don't have anywhere to smoke it. It's still illegal to smoke it in public in Colorado. Right. So you have to go home to your house and smoke it but what if your house doesn't allow smoking you know what if you live in a shared apartment you can't smoke so there's all still these like like how do you figure that shit out i kind of think the provincial governments will set an initial strategy whatever it ends up being i'm sure ontario is gonna fuck us worse than other provinces would and then change it over time like it's not gonna be like this is the law and it's like this forever it's gonna be like here's the law we're putting in now then a couple years down the road it'll be like okay well maybe we should expand it or or i don't know then again i have no fucking idea i'm just kind of talking out of my ass (laughs) of what i think might happen but i feel like the government is gonna fuck us one way or the other oh they are (laughs) they're not gonna like it either if they go with the lcbo model like that's the thing too it's like is is it gonna change are these vapor land or you know like independent shops gonna disappear if they go with an lcbo model and it's all run by the government and only a limited number of stores can places can sell it are places still gonna exist like that are gray aka are we living in a beautiful time right now that's like this weird little yeah i feel i kind of feel like this last year has been this like weird all these shops are open all over the place and yeah sometimes they shut down for a week and then they're back open again but and there's something when there's... they're open they're kind of awesome and the people that work there are awesome yeah. if it turns into lcbo government employees they're all going to be fucking assholes i love the work. gray area right now yeah i know yeah i'm pretty sure uh two cannabis cultural locations are reopened oh yeah the lake shore in etobicoke one and oh yeah and the queen west one is also operating oh okay. yeah with it says they've got new owners and new, hmm. new name and everything but as far as I know, they're open and operating every day. Right. But I don't like the gray area right now. No. I, I don't think that's ideal. Well, you guys suffer from that. Right. I don't think of the it as suffering. The martyrs suffer from that. But it, it's to my own self-advantage benefit to do what I do. But right. uh, like I've been a repeal activist, so I only care about the injustice. Mm. That 
if the injustice ends and we stop arresting 100,000 Canadians a year for these offenses, mm -hmm. then whatever regulations they make, as long as they aren't an injustice, right. as long as they are just in line with every other way we get fucked by the government, yeah. then I'll be okay with that. I don't think there'll be anything to fight right. if... And it's, it's gonna reasonable have, enough. It's going to make such a difference in terms of the stigma and what we talked about earlier with like how alcohol is so socially acceptable. Yeah, and like I know. our culture just wants to not feel that shame and judgment yeah. for other people. And I think it will, like, I think 10 years from now, we'll look back at like everything before now and how absurd it is that like the way people talk about pot smokers and potheads or whatever when it's like when it's just a normal thing like even like we're at the cottage right we have a cottage on the same beach as Aaron like as Aaron's family and like people were walking around drinking beer people were hanging out like drinking beer having wine but if someone wants to go smoke a joint they like go around the back of the cottage or out on the dock where there's no one around maybe not you guys but we've like, been warned but I'm saying like at, at our cottage where there's like kids and like people wandering around and it's like this stigma thing of like okay we're gonna go out for a boat ride and we'll be back in 10 minutes because it's like people are ashamed to smoke a joint or even hit a vape pen our kids what if our kids find out we smoke weed and it's like uh, so right there's what, a lot of stigma know? it's still illegal yeah. and you can face harsh punishment and we're yeah. like we i want to have children with chris and right i'm only a stepmother right now but mm -hmm. we've talked about like it'll make a big difference once legalization happens like ch children's services have come after him and his ex oh really over, over his activism and yeah it's... and we get, we get people reaching us to reaching out to us all the time that are like upset that they can't be more open and honest and active because of right. their situation a lot of people that break up with set like they have an ex mm -hmm. and a child together mm -hmm. like this their ex uses it a lot them. of the time oh, that yeah. happens to people mm. Oh, yeah, my wife would kill me for all my shit. She does the same shit as you, though. Yeah, but you can't call her out. She'd use that. I wouldn't. <laughs> for the cause, I'd hold back. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, the stigma thing drives me a little bit crazy, and I just wait for the day where it can get go away at least a little just the concept of like potheads people use this word potheads as if it's like it just narrows everyone down into this like where you imagine this like stoner dude sitting on his couch wearing a tie-dye t-shirt and whatever when it's like how many people do i know that are doctors and lawyers and and every every range of like the fucking writers and actors and you know anyone that just smoke weed they don't necessarily do it all day long every day but like the same way that someone else might drink alcohol once oh, a sure. day or a couple times a day or when they're hanging out with friends but that like puts this label on you of being a pothead but based yeah. on the stoner thing you were saying too yeah. like i i think even like tommy chong and cheech marin have both apologized saying you know they they did the cannabis community a disservice yeah. by showing the stoner as being that lazy hippie and yeah uh they they don't care though they'll still do it again over and over. it's for laughs they're, yeah they're comedians yeah but at the same time it's, it is weird how hollywood created you know like the fear of sharks and, the, and when there's no scientific basis for it yeah. they can just with jaws like yeah. so like that kind of thing can just happen and hollywood yeah. is so bad at perpetrating a myth and making it a reality and uh you know yeah it's, it's a strange thing 
Yeah, I, I, it pisses me off. I hate comedians, too, that fall to the super easy, like, weed jokes where it's, like, about munchies and whatever. I just, like, flip. I can't I can't yeah. watch comedy like that because it's, like, it's so fucking easy and it's so just not true. Like, yeah, sure, weed gives you munchies. That's true. I eat chocolate after I smoke weed. But, mm-hmm. like, is that a What's funny about that? You know what I mean? Nothing. It's, like... I do like it in shows when you know they do so so someone at the end of the day instead of like having a, a glass of wine they they roll a joint or somebody like I and you're seeing that show more like billions, yeah, yeah. and noticing. like where regular characters totally. are enjoying and toking just I know that's around like yes I'm I like, noticed nice. that a lot more recently and it, and I like, it, I like I saw there was this show Divorce with just Sarah Jessica Parker and she uh, it was an HBO show it's a really good show highly recommend it actually with uh, yeah. Thomas Hayden Church and her but there's a scene where she's like sitting in uh, Washington Square Park and she just pulls out like her vape pen and yeah. just takes it and there's no mention of it there, right, there's I no like they're not like making a big hey check it out I'm smoking weed it's just like she's in the scene she's stressed out about something and she just like takes a puff off her pen and no one talks about it and I was like that's yeah. that's kind of cool that that's starting to seep in a little bit into into like the mainstream Regular. culture and not have it be a whole like blown thing you know it's just like yeah. a thing that people even do in you know? House of Cards like they're present. Oh yeah, they, they smoke they weed. Oh right. They? She has like well, a couple of cigarettes at the window. They, but, but I, I think know. they did smoke weed too she in the does last smoke season. Weed. That's a great show. It's coming back mm-hmm. soon. Pretty stoked for it. End of the month. House of Cards. Kevin Spacey, if you're listening, come be a guest on the show. Or Robin Wright, even better. Oh my god, I love Robin Wright. She's like the biggest badass. She Her, is. Bad. And do you guys yeah. do you watch the Americans? I haven't. No. Carrie Russell like on that. the Americans and Robin Carrie Wright Penn on House of Cards are the two badass, most badass like female characters on TV mm-hmm. in a long time. They're so good. Anyway, um, all right, let's talk about. So okay, so we talked about where it's at right now. So what do you think is ideal? Like, what do you think? will happen with Ontario. Let's forget all the other provinces because I live in Ontario and that's the main thing I care about. So what do you think will happen or what do you think would be ideal situation? So you already talked about repealing. Ideally for you would be like stop arresting people and anything else doesn't really matter. You don't really care. Or do you, what do you think would be the ideal way they, they would like the ideal distribution model or uh, or licensing or whatever? Any thoughts on well, it? Well, like right now they have the like medical licensed producers. But right. There's dozens across the and do they pay a fee like a fee to be that or no. to the government it's not so much as a fee as you're you're you have to meet all kinds of requirements right so that's very costly okay. in itself. Right. Right, right um but there's but there's different size ones there's bigger ones and smaller ones the right. document to apply usually is about anywhere between 100 and 500 pages oh wow so you I'm send sure help canada a document you can't have criminal records like all i would assume right it would all be kinds kind of those of kinds of restrictions yeah um right. Here's the method we're using to grow. Here's the method we're using to test. The right. facility has to be like Here's the facility. Right. Security. The, the one we toured had to have like a, a panic button to the police station oh, really? at the facility. There's all these regulations you have to meet. Um, uh-huh. And they were pretty like... They were and then pretty, they can sell to medical patients across Canada. So they, I think right. the government wants to set up a similar program where they're just in complete control of mm-hmm. the licensing of the grows. Mm-hmm. Even though... But what about selling that? What about retail, though? That's a, like selling. So they're going to need to build up the amount of producers, obviously. There's going to be a lot bigger demand. Like the federal, So that's what the federal... Justin Trudeau's liberals have said that their Cannabis Act says that at the... And although some of the BC activists are against this because alcohol producers in BC, you can get registered under the province. Mm-hmm. Even though you, you're supposed to be registered federally. Mm-hmm. But there's an exemption for small-time breweries that only sell within the province that mm-hmm. aren't exporting. Right. Um, 
or something like that. So I think a very similar thing is going to happen where if you want to be a national producer, the Budweiser of Bud or whatever, and sell all across Canada plus internationally, Mm -hmm. then you have to go through that federal guidelines. You have to have the RCMP clearance. You have to have security. You have to have whatever. Right. And, um, and, the federal government has said that they don't care what they do retail. So mm. if Ontario wants to set up an LCBO type system, they can. And if Alberta wants to set up a convenience store system, they can. And, yeah, and really. allow. So and the Liberals want to set up a like a CCBO type system here in Ontario. That's right. what Kathleen Wynne. And they've already been like. Have they? Oh, well, that's what they said that they want to do. But I'd, I'd say if Conservative were in power, if the parties switch uh-huh. by then, uh-huh. it could change the tune of things. Well, there's and a that's chance a that thing. their platform, like their. The next election is shortly before the the deadline, right? So I would think Something part of the like platform that. will be like to how they that. want to do you it, would how think. they're going to do it. Yeah. Although they're not really talking much. No. Well, they're still probably trying to figure it out. There was a weird article in the National Post about that. How about that because the, the federals... The federal liberals are the only ones that you could think of that would ever legalize it. Maybe the NDP, if you go further left, mm-hmm. and they may have more done something like decriminalization or something mm-hmm. and not actually gone this full-blown legalization. Right. But the conservatives never would have federally. Right. But now that it happened federally from the left, mm-hmm. now it's strange how the left in each province want to like control it like a, like a, you know create a monopoly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's conservative provinces and premiers that are more likely to say, hey, we don't want the government to touch this. We're right. more libertarian. Right, right, right. We think less taxes and less government oversight and less right. control. Huh. So like like I, my analogy about, you know, in Alberta, I guess Alberta now is NDP, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, they're more known for being, you know, a conservative province that right. allows for, you know, that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they, we, we might have a situation where, where conservative provinces end up having the least restrictions at the retail level. Hmm. That's the ones up. making the most money off of it, for sure. Everyone's going to make money. That's the thing. That's the thing. I've talked to my wife about this a couple of times and just in general that I know everyone knows this, but it seems like it's not talked about enough to me, the amount of money that's involved with this whole thing. Like people are talking about the liberals and like the hydro scandal and all that. It's like, there's so much fucking money to be made with cannabis. Like we're talking billions and billions of dollars that will be brought in, like jobs created, taxes collected, like all these things that are going to bring in money to the government. And then it's a never ending. It's not like a short term thing, right? It's like never ending from now going forward that like Colorado has been giving money back to their citizens, right? Like they're giving them tax redemptions because they have too much fucking money so the, the government person, they don't pay for their health care though collectively that's true but there's not so we need that many studies that show the normies that, that this is okay yeah you know and I mean? by the way that oh, and even in in countries like canada or like australia that kind of thing uh-huh. unlike the united states it makes no difference the war on drugs actually they make more money from the war on drugs they're they do not want this to end mm. you'd be surprised at the the just thinking about it from the money angle like it's not going to save us anything to legalize it actually we make more money probably paying lawyers and judges and building prisons we who the government just as a country uh-huh. like as a as a totality like a, a, a like a gdp 
kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. we're making more money with the war on drugs than when we end it. You think? Oh, absolutely. I think the amount of people that are going to smoke weed. I was thinking, I was breaking it down in my head the other day of like a bare minimum of like if 1% of the population smoked weed and if they only spent $10 a week on weed, it's still like hundreds of millions of dollars a year. And that's like clearly not, clearly way more percentage than that smoke weed and clearly way more like they spend, most people spend way more than $10 a week on their weed consumption. And it's like, to me, that's like, it's so much money. And I just can't see how that's why every year and every time they have an election in the States and no one wants to talk about weed, it blows my mind. I'm like, they talk about the economy and how there's no money and how there's no jobs. And it's like, here's a new industry you can create that would create thousands of jobs and bring in billions of dollars in, in tax revenue but we're not going to talk about it because it's like, it's weed, man, and it's bad. I don't even know. It just, that boggles my mind more than anything. Well, like, Justin Trudeau and Bill Blair are the people who are, like, main people in this coming legalization, and uh-huh. they don't smoke weed at all. They, yeah. like, both admit that they like to drink so- socially. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think for the person who doesn't smoke weed, for people that are outsiders, it's shocking for them and they're thinking about all the things that are going to cost like more police enforcement on the road right and like monitoring to make sure kids aren't uh, like all kinds of bureaucracy bureaucracy they're afraid of yeah yeah that could cost more like Chris is saying yeah the driving thing is fucked up because everyone that I know that smokes weed and I smoke weed (coughs) and I drive and I'm not ashamed of it I'm a way better driver everyone that I know that smokes weed and drives says they're a better driver when they're high than when they're not high and all the uh, studies show that yeah, because you drive slower. At least for me, I'm a super aggressive driver in normal life. Like I drive fast and hard, and I freak out at people <laughs> and I rage. And when I smoke weed and drive, I just like chill the speed limit. Yeah, I'm not in a rush. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just chilling. I it takes me way longer. I never try to race my GPS when I'm on when I'm high. Like when I'm not high, I'm trying to beat my GPS. Yeah, you say 15 minutes, I'm gonna get there in 14. But when I'm high, I'm like I don't even use the GPS. I just like fucking whatever. We'll get there when we get there. You know what I'm saying, Huey? I don't want to say anything that's, you know, going to put the whole movement in jeopardy. All right. <laughs> but no, like, but Mark is. Um, Plead the fifth. Take the fifth on I'm that one. The, we don't have the fifth. I've smoked weed every time I've ever don't driven since I was sixteen, yeah. and I've never had a ticket. Yeah, I never. Just, I'm. I drove for a living for about five years, and I'm. I'm a great driver. I've had a tick. I've had many, many tickets over the years. I've been in a couple fender benders, and not one of those have been when I was intoxicated. Yeah, in see, I'm way. more worried about. It. And are you high, sir? Like, you're being arrested, sir. Do you know why? Yes, because you're playing a harmonica while driving with your knees. And are you high? You know what I mean? That's more what I'm concerned about. More the embarrassment factor. Yeah, I just, I'm curious to see how they're going to try to enforce it and the tests they're talking about bringing in that measure your blood, like the amount in your blood, even though everything I know says it stays in your blood for like a long time. So I don't know how they're going to be able to tell. And everyone's body's different. Although I guess it's the same with alcohol, right? Everyone's body ingests it differently. So they just have to set a standard of like this percentage is what we've decided is the impairment level. And But for us who smoke while we drive, compared to someone who might just toke for the first time, it's completely different. 
different. Oh, for sure. Obviously. Yeah. Some, you wouldn't want someone smoking weed for the first, that doesn't know themselves at all. That's like, I was talking about recently. I worked on this movie a couple of years ago and all the main guys on set smoked weed all day, all day and all night in the production office. They were just like chronic, all of them. And, but they could totally function normally, but I had to be the, the kind of narc that I had to pull them aside before we started shooting. It was like, you guys can't do this. Like on set, this can't be a normal thing. Cause there's other people around and there might be some 19 year old PA who thinks, Oh cool. It's okay to smoke weed on this set. I'm going to get high and go drive and to go piss up, pick something up. And who knows what might happen. And it's like, you can't be responsible for that as being the higher up. But yeah, it's totally everyone, everyone like, yeah, it's narc. like an alcoholic. <laughs> no, you them out. No, I totally, oh, they respected it. They were appreciated that I said it. Oh, Cause yeah, I was I'm like, sure I, were. cause I said to them, I'm, I'm like, sure. look, I like smoking weed as much as you guys do, but like, totally appreciated it. Yeah. They really appreciate it. <laughs> Suck that. Yeah. Well, most people Sorry, do guys. respond like potheads are respectful. No one wants to offend. That like kills the buzz. Yeah, totally. So that is the biggest buzz kill if you're concerned about other people. Yeah. I find that is like for me the biggest buzz kill. See, that's the thing too, is like as far as smoking weed and driving, is like most people that smoke weed are considerate of other people and are not no one is like it's not like alcohol where you're like, I'm fucking waste, let's go. Well that's where weed is like you if you thought you were putting anyone in danger yeah. by driving your car while high, well, you I wouldn't do it. Because you'd be either. like, You're not trying to you're not trying to hurt anyone or trying to but the reason you do it is because you know that like it's not gonna affect you in a negative way. It's it's not going to affect your, you know, or at least you think that whether or not it's actually true or alcohol. You're just like, fuck it, man. I want to go wherever. Let's go. Fuck it. Oh, it is else. true. <laughs> yeah. Here's the other thing the the, the punishment actually doesn't come to be like in Canada right now. We're a little worried about that. There's actually some constitutional elements here yeah. that I'm not in favor of. They kind of, I think that if I read it correctly, they were moving the onus of the cop to have, probable or right. something yeah it, uh, it lighter right and yeah. they made it lighter so yeah. he doesn't have to have probable cause anymore yeah. he can just do it based on whim i guess yeah. or, or i don't know what the legal definition is I for think that they but. changed the wording they still have to sub so, some cause that i think they removed the word probable and made it like something less, right less something strict. less right yeah but in washington in uh, i think it was a better example than colorado there's actually a movie online called like evergreen the road to washington mm-hmm. and all the activists at the time well you know the the buildup to this law was coming. They were debating whether or not th- this nanogram limit for driving was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they they there's actually a thing about decriminalization where a lot of people were against it because it would actually increase search and seizure powers and it would it, it increase arrests. Like mm-hmm. cops Some can only states- arrest so many amount of people when they can only when you all the cop can do is let you go or arrest you. Right. So take you to jail or let you go. You know. But when they can give you a ticket, all of a sudden instead of fifty thousand people arrested, now it's one hundred fifty thousand tickets. Right. So you're punishing more people, three times as many people with a, on a lesser offense. Mm-hmm. But. They thought the same thing that would happen in a similar way with, with uh, alcohol. They thought, okay, in Washington, like Colorado, we're going to r- remove arrests. So in Washington, they arrest about 20,000, 25,000 people in that state every year for a marijuana-related offense in, during Prohibition. Right. Now that they have legalization in Washington, none of those people get arrested. So zero, 25,000 to zero. But what they thought, DDUIs, drug driving under the influence, was going to go from zero today, because there almost right. is none, yeah. to 10,000, 20,000. Right. Yeah, a lot was, of activists in different states have killed like legalization battles because of the fear of this. Right. Yeah. There was one in Idaho, one in whatever. And it attached to the legalization is this 
punishment. You can get seven years. It's a felony to drive with a, you know, uh, so high. And and all these activists thought that if that is the law, they're just going to replace possession and possession for the purpose with driving under the influence. But it never came to be. And it's driving under the influence, and it's like you're not allowed to... There's only certain places you're allowed to smoke, so it's like uh, you can't... uh, I don't know. So all the activists thought, you're right. You're right to make that argument. You're going to see all these people get arrested, but it never happened. The cops just didn't arrest any more people than they never well like, the thing is we, we make the argument that they could arrest us right now like we're all smoking weed and you're not allowed to be driving and smoking weed like yeah. they could smell it they could arrest yeah. you for it right now but they're yeah. not because but they would have tr- to prove it in some way and they'd have to give you a blood test they just don't have like the infrastructure in place yet in order to like know most people, people don't got, I know, I know, like people I know members from our lounges that have gotten really high and driven home mm. and like gotten caught in a well normally they're charging with possession Right. They smell. They, they'll pull you I know people who've gotten DUIs for for marijuana. Really? They were smoking oh. joints in the car. They got pulled over, mm. and uh, that was it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure lawyers could fight it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I got pulled over once in high school, and I got off. So I was so lucky because we were smoking. Me and. Shout out. Smoking a giant cannon oh, and man. driving way too fast. And I got pulled over. And then the cop had to like bail. That happened to me twice. The where the cop, wow, like, you're the cop came up and like took my license and registration. Was, and then they came running back to my window and like threw my stuff in and was like, get out of here. And like they got a call for an actual crime, oh, you know? God. That happened to me another time where I was driving with. <laughs> What's up? I haven't seen you in like 20. <laughs> and. No, was else? No, it was. And we were rolling no a giant, uh, whatever. <laughs> we'll, bleep, we'll beep it out. And we were driving at, um, driving down Green Lane, rolling a giant joint. And I got pulled over, and we had to like stick it under the seat of like, oh my god, where do we put it? Literally, he had like a magazine on his lap with like a couple grams of like broken up weed. And this cop came over, pulled us over. We're all freaking out. And then the cop like came running back, like he got a call, like a house break in or something like that. And we. Uh, Happened to me twice. So lucky I could have been sent to <laughs> jail. I'm also white, and so that probably helps. White, Jewish, upper middle class. They treat you a little bit differently we than if that were happened in Regent Park, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I, and I totally under, get that. Were and you under 18 or over 18? No, probably over 18. Yeah, high school time? I don't know. I don't even remember. But there was also times in high school where we got, like, we'd get fully caught by cops, and they would just, like, take your weed away and be yeah. like, don't, you're stupid. They if I catch, in, yeah, I'm putting your name on a list. In the York Yeah, system. and if you get caught again, you're going to get in big trouble. I got put on that but list. But that was, like, that was, like, They once made me, like, dump it on the road and step on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, we had the cop come, like... You know, we were in the underground parking lot at Thornhill Square, right? When there was, like, the <laughs> underground layer. And the cop came over, and he basically... We all, like, hid. Someone, like, threw the weed. And the cop, like, was... Knew we were smoking weed. It full, there was, like, clouds of smoke around <laughs> us. And then he's, like, basically about to go on his thing. He's, like, should I call the dog? Do you guys want me to bring the dog out here? Because if I bring the dog, you're all going to get arrested and go to jail. <laughs> then I, like, reached down under the car and, like, pulled the joint out. Where someone else had a quarter in their pocket. Yeah, but, yeah. like, we weren't going to give that up. But I was, like, here's the joint <laughs> we were smoking, sir. I'm sorry. And, yeah, it was one of those. Your name's going on a list. And you know who it was? It was the same cop that used to come to the schools. Officer Hangefeld? Ta- Officer Ben Hangefeld. Love him. Caught <laughs> 
you remember, did you have him also, Aaron, at your school? We, you know, the cops would come around and they bring the board with all the different drugs on it and teach you yep. when you're like ten and teach you that drugs are bad. And that same so cop funny. caught us, and we were all like, "Officer Ben Hangafell, you taught us not to smoke weed in grade eight, and now we're smoking it in grade nine. How do I remember that name? I didn't even get arrested. Dude, that was classic, Officer Ben Hangafell. I just love a man in uniform. Officer Ben Hangafell, if you're listening right now, I appreciate you. Um. Cool. I don't know what else. So what do you guys have to now? You guys are just kind of waiting on court dates? You're not waiting for the legalization? Are you guys working on any ventures or anything? Do you have ankle, like, jewelry going on? No. <laughs> like that. Uh, we don't even... I, I just got off a uh, uh, conditional sentence order, so good weeds, uh, the raid. Like, two yeah. months later, I pled guilty. Oh, yeah. So they offered me a sweet deal where if I pled guilty to just one offense, uh-huh. they drop all the others and all of Aaron's. So I had gotten had no record after that. Oh, but yeah. I got sentenced to 12-month conditional sentence, like a probation, 12 months probation. Okay. And I had to see a probation officer like every other week and uh-huh. then whatever whatever and i just got off that like last week like the 12 months ended yeah the uh-huh. 12 months ended so yeah, that's good suppo- like they originally he was gonna get charged with a breach like we got arrested right. and we we're gonna breach six him. weeks before it ended so he oh, would have had to serve the they re- wanted me to serve those six weeks in jail oh, fuck. But, but they never charged me the with crown breach. didn't get the paperwork together they couldn't get it right let it slide so right it's passed they yeah. probably they're smart enough. They like we don't want to put this guy in jail for six weeks. Like I don't know. I would think that some of them. There's probably some that are just fucking dicks and don't care. And there's probably others that are like, do I really want to put this guy in jail for six weeks? He's got two kids. And like, is it really gonna change anything? He like they know you're an activist. You know they know that you're in it like for like the re like bigger reasons than just like wanting to sell weed you know what i mean they know you've been doing it for a long time so i would think they would have some compassion but yeah, I, don't I don't know so. a lot no? of the, a lot of the cops you that have compassion get paperwork in the time yeah a yeah. lot of cops that have compassion are, yeah. are are have no say in anything they right. just have to do what they're told yeah, yeah. it's the the ones in the white they shirts. weed out the ones with compassion quickly trust me no the ones that are leading the investigations and right. calling yeah. the raids have no compassion and they right. want to see us uh, suffer. Oh yeah, you should have saw this officer in our bail court. Like we all just spent the night in jail. Mark and Jody spent two nights in jail because uh-huh. they didn't get he bailed. Was the most recent one. The officer was fuming. He was at he was several of my raids. Slamming his hand so down to the table, us. taking somebody off to the side, yelling at them, oh, yeah. whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. So this officer spent nine months, millions and millions of dollars. Hamilton police and Vancouver police normally because there's this girl Brittany in Hamilton that's part of our five people that were arrested and, and Jody and Mark and. Vancouver Mm -hmm. and so the police do what they normally do they called the Hamilton police and the Vancouver police and said hey we got this case we need you to do this this, and this for us us. and they came back a day or two later and said no sorry we're not going to do it Hmm. Uh, we we don't think it's within our community standards or within whatever it's too low priority we have other issues and he sent them back nasty letters saying "Uh, I demand that you do it you and they sent them back a thing saying no we're just not going to do it but if you come out we'll supervise or we'll you know whatever we'll assist but we're not going to be involved so these officers Toronto officers actually had to fly to Vancouver and fly like or drive to Hamilton and execute search warrants in other cities that they're so and that officer also told our building management that we weren't going to be able to come back to our. Oh, don't apartment. worry, Chris and Aaron are like, not going to be able to come back. They wanted they wanted Mark and they wanted us all living with our sureties, like not even going. Being they like, wanted two hundred fifty thousand dollars bail. They wanted us held without bail first, and if we got bail, it was two hundred fifty thousand, and we had to live with our sureties and a whole bunch of. Judge dropped it all. Like mm-hmm. you don't. It's thirty thousand bail instead of two hundred fifty, and right. Uh, you know, 
you don't have to live with your sureties and a whole bunch of other conditions. Just and for the thirty thousand dollars, you don't have to pay it. It's only if you breach. So right, right. Your yeah, parents, yeah. Ju- your our parents, all just have to sign their houses away. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. And what me. happened to all the young people that work there? All those like so, you know, cool people that work there. Um, they still have charges right now. Well, at the Church Street location. Um, I don't think they ever, they only charged two employees on like the final third raid they did there. Mm-hmm. But the other Queen Street locations and King Street locations, some of those employees are still in ongoing oh, court bummer. dates every month. But like um, me with Goodwill. Is there a system when that the helps, owner like, or the manager giving a tip, you know? Is there it's, like. A, most of them are going to get uh, some aid. Released. Yep. Um, oh, okay. Like a lot of them are, I every month they're getting peace bonds and stuff, but most of it they want the owner or the company to take some responsibility, right? For mm. that to be absolved. And so. if it's a corporation, how does that take form? A corporation can be guilty of a criminal offense. Really? Yeah, and therefore be punished for that criminal offense. Where they have to pay a fine, and then they're restricted Could be for on the probation. next two years. Of okay. They're not allowed to expand or do anything. You can't put a corporation in jail like a human, right. but you can give it conditions saying you can't expand, You, yeah. your license is, you know, whatever. So I think one of them, Canawide, I'm, or I'm not sure, one of them I heard in court one day that they took the... The corporation took the guilt, and their employees got off, and then they weren't allowed to operate in Ontario anymore. Right, that's one of the conditions. So I think there, are, like a lot of these are BC companies that are just Working cutting loose. <laughs> and are you guys concerned at all that because of your criminal records that you might not be able to like be sellers or be involved in like the once it is legal? Or get a job at a library. <laughs> <laughs> Worried. I've actually always thought the opposite, which yeah. is that I've no. I knew from the day I got into this that It'll be it's not be- meant for me. I'm not doing this so that I can, you know, benefit. So once it's legal, legal, you don't have intention to like open a to open a store or anything like I, that. I might try. Well, maybe we've, all, we've, wanted, we've always talked about wanting to open a hotel, and like this is our passion. Yeah. What we're experienced in and what we're involved in, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if they don't, you know, a lot of activists that have records would be very heartbroken and upset and if not allowed to. Uh, right, like Mark, I'm assuming, Mark and Jody, right? If they're not able to, like, or do you think they also, think once it's legal, they're over it and he'll, Mark he'll, will move on yep. to the next thing he'll to be? He'll do something else, possibly. Oh, yeah. hmm. He's already said he doesn't need to sell marijuana. Right. Like, He's recently been he saying He just that, wanted right. to set a standard for right. what it should be. It was more about the activism and the civil disobedience than it was the actual, like, selling of the weed, right? Or in the, or whatever. Cannabis, weed. I shouldn't call it a weed anymore. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dank. <laughs> that crunk. People still hate the word marijuana because of the U.S. Anslinger and that kind of thing. He, the reefer madness stuff. And, I like all the names. But marijuana, <laughs> cannabis, weed. Yeah. Mm. I've never had a problem. I don't know. I feel like some of the names just make it seem i just hate when it's part all goes back to the stigma right it ends up end up thinking about like stoner mm-hmm. dudes with like their you know tie-dye shirts and their bongs and smoking the names weed. of the strange you mean like having like the word weed is like makes it sound like more of a kid thing where cannabis to me is like that's a latin word for the flower like what it actually is you know what i mean instead of like having you don't hear people talking about hooch let's go drink some hooch and you know or whatever but weed has like all these slang terms that people use but i don't know maybe that's just me being stupid over analyzing that just comes from you know coding yeah like, i don't want to say hip-hop culture because it's rock and roll culture too but it's just coding that stuff in to get it into the mainstream yeah mary mm-hmm. jane simple as that <laughs> that's true yeah. 
Uh, cool. I don't know what else. So what, you guys have anything to plug? Anything you're working on now that you want to like talk about or everything is like nothing, nothing it's kind of on halt. A yeah. Little. We're a little bit on vacation. Uh, when the raid happened, a lot of people are, are you guys bored now? But we were working on 420 Toronto, right? Yeah. So that takes six months of organizing and we were in the last six weeks before like uh, 420. So right. that whole month and a half, we were spending a lot of time. It, it, bigger permits, bigger, you know, it was, know, it was a huge Next year, event. you're moving to even bigger, a bigger space? You're not doing Well, they won't let us. Oh, they no. didn't even want to have us there this year because of safety concerns on oh, yeah. how big Oh, they won't let you get we're, like the, we're the biggest event all year long in that square. Really? So how, yeah, there's a lot of people. I saw pictures. Ten and like, twenty thousand people. Show. It, when it's better weather, more like twenty thousand. When it rains, more like ten. Right. Yeah, this year they even ten thousand people. potties and crash barricades. Oh really? It's too many. We people. had a, like a, pa- a direct path through the crown, so if there was an issue, EMS, EMS could access. Right. And all huh. kinds of things. They made us upgrade this year. Right. Uh, it's a had, fifty thousand dollar event. Closures. That it costs us to run that. Yeah. You think it'll be as big once it's legal? Think people will still like? Well, the... like Pride Parade, we think it would yeah. become more of a celebration. Right. and then yeah it would still be relevant to be right and i didn't know there was still the marijuana march i saw the other day there was the marijuana march but i kind of thought the 420 took over for i didn't know there was still both like i went to the marijuana march in 2000 i was in film school I, like made a little documentary about it for school that was the first time i had ever heard of that i don't know how long it was going on before that only a year oh that was like one of the first years yeah yeah it was i i still have maybe that video two 98 somewhere. maybe 99 were the oh, yeah. first I didn't go in 98, 99. I went in 2000 as well, I think. I think 2000, yeah, that was the year that I did my little... And there was, like, a lot of people out in Queen's Park smoking weed and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, it's gotten but, huge And 420, how long has that been going for? Well, 420 started by Mark Emery in Vancouver in 94. Wow. I started the first one in Hamilton in 2001. Okay. And then I started Toronto's first 420 in 2007. Okay. So 10 years. Yeah, it's been... Wow. This was the 11th year, technically. Oh, but wow. Yeah. And we started doing vendors... How many years ago was that? I don't know. Halfway, about five, six years ago. Yeah, yeah so... This is such an important, big thing, right? But there are only a small handful of people that are brave enough, like you guys, to go out and do what you do. But what can... Like, if you leave sort of the average Ontarian with a message, a guy like me, who's pretty passive, is busy with other things, but is so... Their heart's in the right place. You know what I mean? Is there... Anything we can do without having to do too much. You know what I mean? Well, like, see, here's the thing. I think normalization is a huge I normally recommend thing. civil disobedience. In, yeah. in, if there's something in your life that you feel that there's an injustice or a wrong, that, okay. that the best way I feel in almost every area is peaceful, open, So we're talking the same thing. I'm, I just said normalization, but generally that's basically like, yeah, if I want to fucking smoke well, I think that's here, the only, I'm going to. I think that's you know the only I mean? thing just that does normalize it. it. Yeah. Because everything else is hiding. Everything else is is living like a scoff law and like right. having code words and weird things. It, it, it actually, I believe all of those things like disrupt the soul. Yeah. In a way, like they they hurt who you are as a person, forcing you to to hide who you are, right? Yeah. And there's something uplifting and whatever about just being open and honest and transparent, even if it's illegal. Yeah. Especially like, if it's illegal. I think talking more about it, communicating the people, like obviously we all talk openly about it when you're comfortable with other users, but right. when there's parents or your yeah. grandparents or your yeah. boss, your coworkers, there's all these different people that you hide that part of your life. And mm-hmm. I think being 
I, that's one of the things, like, when I started working with Chris at Vapor Central, mm -hmm. I was in television before that and working in restaurants, and I right. was always vising and perfume and covering it up. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a huge weight on our community's shoulders that you're this this huge part of you you're having to hide from so many. So mm -hmm. I think just being more open about it and feeling... I don't want to pressure people to come out to your grandparents and yeah. things like that, but I think it you'd be surprised. Like, my parents used to hate weed so much, and they still don't love it, but yeah. they're much more accepting now that I'm open about my use with them. Right. I recently, for my own personal, I, I think it was last year sometime that I, I made mention of like I conversation with my mom about like smoking weed and it just kind of, it just kind of happened. I just, I'm not ashamed of it. And I, but I wouldn't normally talk to my mom about it. Cause you know, especially when I was in high school, she was like not a fan and now I'm a grown man and you can't do anything about it. Woman, <laughs> I got my own kids and all that, but I just like was talking about it and my mom was there and I just kind of brought up my new pen or whatever it was I was talking about. And then after I was like, Oh shit, I just fully talked about weed in front of my mom. And it's like, whatever, you know what I mean? My in-laws have had an ongoing thing for years like because i don't hide it from them and they uh so they you know they know and make fun of me about it or whatever but i'm a lot more open with them but i always had this thing with my mom that i was like can't talk about it and like me and both of my brothers smoke weed and have for a long time and i think it's a family <laughs> thing I think yeah. family. my mother in law like I, will rub the back of my head and goes huey don't you maybe need to go down and have a bong hit now <laughs> yeah, that's nice <laughs> maybe pick your battles but you yeah, know i always had a thing, i always had a thing where my mom i was like scared to talk to her about it in front of her and now it's like whatever man it's just it's just a thing it's nothing to be like ashamed about god so bless I'm, yeah well, we're, we're at the point where a lot of our parents we think they could benefit from it like so many of them are in pain <laughs> and hurting and they're so controlled by the stigma yeah but yeah. they're coming around because of the medical side of things yeah i got some gummies into some people's hands thanks to Heyman and uh super group with some some gummies those are probably not fresh anymore no well, this was a while ago <laughs> but they uh but no I, Your parents you know, I was like, just try this, weed. just because they have this fear of like oh. getting all fucked up and being like a paranoid or whatever. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like just have a little bit yeah. and you'll probably like it. You know, but uh, just shoot them with a weed gun. Yeah. Oh, do they have those? Do they have that? I don't know. I can ask <laughs> them off mic what the code word is. Well, you have, if you have a vape bag, you can kind of shoot that. <laughs> Supers. Oh. That'd be like close to when someone's asleep. Mouth. Just give them a super. Oh my god! I haven't had a super in a long time. Hold their nose. When's the last time you had a super? Oh, I don't. Yeah. Least, oh wow. Yeah. Man, I hardly share joints. Like I'm just. I don't yeah, even I don't smoke like joints share. anymore, yeah, man. I'm, I'm all vapor. Yeah, I just. I'm not into that. Can't deal with the smoke. It hurts my lungs. That's part of the culture that. I didn't love, but anyways, but Why? anyways, sharing and getting sick, sharing yeah. circles, um, you know, going when other people are ready, waiting for somebody else. Just like, I yeah. just want to smoke a cigarette. I just want to smoke my own joint. I just want to stand there and do it now. And I I'm feel like, that too. Sometimes you feel like you're in like a concert or a communal area where people like pass it around. And it's like, and then if you don't, it makes you look like a dick. But like, if I had a beer in my hand, I wouldn't share my beer with you. That's so why, why am I going to share my joint with like some random dude I've never met before? That's why I was the late right? dictator. I, I wanted to make sure it was going around like fucking yeah dwarf. see what i do is at a concert if i'm smoking a joint i'll just smoke as much as i want and then i just pass it away and just don't give it back just yeah, 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 wherever yeah. it ends up it ends up i don't care i because i, I, I want to share i want to be friendly and it's there's probably some people around <laughs> yeah it's a mitzvah for sure <laughs> but yeah my vape pen i'm not handing to any fucking guy my dad pen or whatever i'm like that, that thing's mine, i think man. legalization and it being more readily available will eliminate that sharing yeah. thing it's like you know Why? We, we all used to pitch in on like a, a stash together right. and smoke it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. It's so. like passing around a cup of moonshine. 
Yeah, right. we're going to take it to that level now. <laughs> Things are changing. It's all changing, and it's all for the positive, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, hopefully there will be a day. I'm surprised they didn't make the day 420, the July. Don't you think July 1st next year is kind of going to be overtaken by, like, weed celebrations? Well, in, in Vancouver, they do a big 420, like, celebration on July 1st. It's, oh, they call they? it Cannabis Day. Okay. Because I feel like Ottawa deal. is going to be, next year on July 1st, Ottawa is just going to be all people smoking weed. And I feel like they maybe will rethink whether they should have chosen that date. Hopefully. That's just a, will have brought the laws in no ways before that. Yeah. When people questioned, Bill Blair announced that that's just the final deadline, right. that it could actually come in before then. Yeah. Well, um, I would hope the sooner the better, because right. uh, I just don't know what they're fucking waiting for already. Just figure it out. Although a lot of the cities and provinces are saying we don't have enough time. and Yeah. It's... That's, it just needs to end. So it, yeah, like, it's just get it. Just fucking make some time and make it happen. And like I said, it's not like any law you make is like this is the law for now and forever. I think it'll change over time. Like right. they'll they'll say okay, every year we're gonna add this many more licenses, or we're gonna add. You know, I don't know how it's gonna work with lounges and all that kind of shit. But you would think that if they don't introduce that at first, that over time people will demand it. It's like one of the good things about democracy. You would hope is that if enough people call their MP and say we want this to be part of the law then maybe it'll happen like who fucking knows if that's actually a thing well, there's so many people that want to get into the industry and yeah. open these kind of spots lounges yeah. and stuff even cops want to do it themselves but yeah. they're just waiting to do it safely because yeah. the majority of people like you said aren't don't want to risk their freedom they don't yeah. want to get arrested so yeah. everyone's waiting yeah. and once the once that trigger is pulled yeah. we can't even predict the kind of business concepts people are going to come up with yeah. Yeah, yeah for years people told us with the vapor lounge like oh you should add pinball machines you should add this you should do game nights you should yeah. and no. like endless amounts of possibilities people right. come up with and we're like you should open a lounge and do yeah. that there'll be yeah. theme like the same way now they have these like like restaurants or bars that have like board games like right. there'll be the same thing for weed lounges there'll mm. be the weed lounge with the comedy the comedy weed lounges they already have a bunch of them most of them like, have all of those things have the comedy oh, yeah. have the board games because yeah. we're trying to appease and like yeah you can't but you're right it, it will get a lot more specific right. into subcultures I would and, think right? I think you should end on a rant though I, I have one personal like All right. weed culture, man. If you're gonna get your shit together and go wide, you gotta get your fonts together. You gotta fucking step up your fucking design branding. Game. Oh man, the fonts specifically. There's a big font issue in the weed community, and I'd like to address that on this podcast. And rant. <laughs> yeah, do you guys have anything in particular that's like pissing you off about what's happening right now, or anything anything that's gotten you worked up recently about the the state of things? Yeah, one rant for everyone. We'll go around the room. I got, yeah. I always rant. I'm just rant, ranting constantly, so I don't need a specific now rant now. It's oh, like, I know. tell me when to stop ranting. I hate when people post cryptic, like, Facebook messages about other people, and yeah. About weed or just in general? In our community especially, oh, yeah. like where you start saying, oh, this person's, and then they don't list names and they just start bitching. I think people need to all You just want to know names. No, no, no. I just, <laughs> I like you want to know. comforting to know the weed industry is no bitching. different than any other industry. Yeah. Right. That's <laughs> true. Oh, this whole podcast might as well you just be called You bitch privately to your so. friends and loved ones, like everyone else. No, yeah. I think this airing has been a positive, <laughs> I think this has been a, the most positive podcast we've had yeah well this has been the only one that has any real meaning in the world and that isn't just <laughs> bullshit about like fucking people who park parallel park poorly that's important to me matt yeah but uh 
Chris, any uh, any final any thoughts? Anything? Like I guess that? I don't like the like elitism in in cannabis. Like, there's a strange thing. Some of the people that smoke shatter are more prone to it, uh-huh. but it'll happen even just with weed or hash or other things. <laughs> but you get into a certain type of shatter, for instance, and then everything else is garbage. Oh, yeah. Only the shatter that I smoke is good. A lot of and I do it. I do it with the right with the right purge and the right whatever. And your stuff is contaminated and poison. Right. And and it tastes bad. And only my stuff tastes good. Oh, wait till the marketing starts. It's right. gonna get even worse, man. It's or, yeah, get... they can have a Coke versus Pepsi. Well, like... yeah, but they'll convince you of other things. They'll convince you one way of taking it in is just not the, the same level. Hot Pepsi kind of challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Potency, oh. the potency face That's, off. That'd be awesome. If you could step up to a little booth and take two oh, separate yeah. puffs and try to tell if you know which one is which. Oh, yeah, they could change the Costco game, eh? Oh, my like, God. Like have a little puffing Imagine taste. Imagine if Costco test. starts smoking weed it's <laughs> selling weed like a two kilos at a time right. only. <laughs> Costco, yeah. Costco yeah. could get in that game. Or man. the bulk barn. <laughs> bulk barn. Bulk barn. They're yeah, right well, that's for basically it. what the weed shops Got the are. Scales now, right? Open up the thing and sco- start using the scoop. There and- you go. Oh, man. I used to have friends that worked at Bulk Barn that would hook me up. I just had the prettiest dream in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it smells so good to walk into those places. Yeah. Cool. Well, awesome. Thanks for coming in, guys, and talking. It's been fun. Thanks for having us. This is awesome. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in to the Come Rant podcast. I'm David, sort of cleaning up after Matt, telling you what to check out, and you need to check out the show notes, because we've got links to articles and all the organizations mentioned, all the people mentioned, the Vice article, it's all going to be in there. To follow us, please check us out on Facebook at Cumrant Podcast, on Twitter. Um, you can pretty much find us everywhere. You just need to use that Google machine. Make it happen, people. Email Matt at Matt or something at CumrantPodcast.com. You know what? Check out other episodes where I get it right. Because I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, Or I'm recording this outro super early in the morning. And uh, yeah, things get a little fuzzy around here. Thanks to cannabis culture. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for tuning in to the Come Rant podcast with Matt Gorman. Again, please send your donations to get him help as soon as possible. You send the donations to me, David, at wearethesupergroup.com. I have a PayPal account connected to that. Please send money uh, to help me help Matt. Thank you for listening. Check us out next week. Love you all.